Hey guys, Randy here, and I uh, got something uh, I think you're going to really enjoy. This is the second episode I did of the Heart Cells podcast in Germany. And this episode is about how you can educate people instead of manipulating people. And so if you're in marketing, if you're in sales, if you're a nonprofit, if you're a speaker, author, coach, or consultant who wants to make an impact, I think you're going to find this show really helpful. And love to hear your comments. Please share the podcast, rate it on iTunes, and then hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you think. Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 13, the lucky number. And the amazing guest who's back today is Randy Gage. Hey, it's Randy Gage, and you're listening to the worldwide award-winning, famous, lovely, and talented Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Before we dive in right into this episode and with some amazing facts about Randy, make sure you check out the seven-day free challenge to ask for the sale with confidence, to sell from your heart with ease and grace and on your terms. You find the sign up for the challenge at christineschlansky.com challenge. I see you there. We start January 7th. If you have not yet met Randy or heard about Randy, here are some amazing, amazing facts. So Randy is a thought-provoking, critical thinker, and he will make you approach your business and life in a whole new way. He is not only the author of 10 books, which have been translated into 25 languages, including the New York Times bestsellers, Risky is the New Safe and Mad Genius. He has also spoken to more than 2 million people across more than 50 countries. No wonder that he is a member of the Speaker's Hall of Fame. And if you've listened to the last episode, you know exactly why. So when he himself is not really prowling the podium or locked in his lonely writer's garret, you find him playing third base for a softball team somewhere. And today he is spending more time with us. I am so super excited to have him back. Please enjoy this interview with Randy Gage. Hey, Randy, back uh, to Heart Cells. I'm so happy you're here. Um, you shared so much wisdom in your first um, app or with us in the first episode. Um, and again, people can go to randygage.com, check out um, your podcast and your Prosperity TV to get um, more of everything that you are sharing, all the value you are adding to the marketplace. Um, today, I would be interested in finding out what was the first thing you ever sold or offered in your life? It would have been Catherine Bike Candy because <laughs> I was in the Cub Scouts and they had a summer camp called Camp Wakanda. And of course, my family didn't have money for me to go to camp. But if you sold enough candy then you would uh, you could get the the camp the the summer camp trip so our scouting troop we were selling they would came in tins of of you know 
I don't know what you call it kind of, but anyway, it's called Catherine bike was the name. I don't know if it's still in business, but that's what I, my first thing I ever sold was Catherine bike candy. <laughs> wow. And I hope you did go to camp. <laughs> I did go to camp, but I cheated because my grandmother worked at Oscar Meyer, which was the biggest factory or plant in Wisconsin. And she worked on the assembly line and with thousands of other workers. So she took my cases of candy to work <laughs> and she sold them to all those people she worked with. And so I was like the top selling salesperson and I probably really only sold about three cans. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you found a solution. So actually you had your first team member at a really early age. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to just accept that belief. I like the way you phrase that. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. It's a smart way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So for the, for the packs you sold yourself, do you remember how it felt when you actually made the sale, the transaction? I was just so petrified. I, I, I couldn't go to neighbors. That was, they were saying, you know, go knock on door, ask the neighbor. I, I just couldn't do it. So the three I sold were like to relatives. I was because I was really a very insecure, neurotic kid and really low self-esteem. And so the idea of being rejected was just terrifying to me. And for people who listened to the last show that we did together know, I think that still impacts my strategy today. I, I always try to put myself in a position where I don't have to sell where I can be a marketer, where I can educate my audience, where I can create a, a steady stream of prospects who see me or my product or service as a resource that can help them solve problems or add value. And wow. um, even people who truly are a salesperson, who sell real estate, who sell sell insurance or timeshare or whatever, I think they would do really, they'd have a lot of success if they followed my model, which is, hey, how do I position myself as a definitive expert in my space and offer value and educate my market so that when they're looking to buy a house, they say, wow, Nancy is the smartest person I know in real estate. Let's call her right? Or yeah, yeah. they finally recognize they need to get insurance and they say, God, that guy, Jim, who does that, uh, that streaming thing on Instagram every week about how to choose insurance or has that blog that I read or gets, gives, sends me that newsletter. He's the guy I'm going to call. You create that, um, you create that scenario where people qualified candidates are coming to you. So do you believe that there is such a thing as a natural salesperson? I think so. Uh, I'm certainly not one, and I certainly never would be one. But I think there are people who, who are, um, not that many. And I do think it's a skill set that people can learn. And I do think that's a, uh, something that they can become because... Again, it's just about uh, learning skills. When you learn skills, 
and you develop empathy and you're able to place yourself in a position to think, you know, again, I go back to my example as always, I'm looking for the three things that keep them lying awake at night. And yeah. if I know what those three things are, then I know how I can help them. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, so you said that you have like a fear of rejection. Is it still the case today? Um, or is it something you got more used to it? Or like, how, how do you deal with it? Well, I would say I have, uh, I would understand on a much more intellectual level that I'm not being rejected personally, that they're just saying that whatever I'm offering is not right for them at this moment in their time or life. I would know that intellectually, but I still would have that emotional trigger of, oh my God, they just said no. Um, yeah. So I still, I still want to isolate myself from that. I want to put myself in a position where I don't have to do that because why would I want to? I mean, yeah. I get the whole, hey, you got to hear no, no, no. If you hear enough no's, then the next one is going to be a yes. And I love to hear no's. Okay, I'd rather stick a fork in my eye. <laughs> Why don't we put ourselves in a situation where we don't have to hear 75 no's before we do the yes? Why don't we create a YouTube channel, a blog, a newsletter, a uh, speeches, some kind of thing that screens out the no's and attracts the people who are likely to say yes. That to me is just a much better approach than trying to emotionally fortify ourselves for why we like getting rejected or why we like hearing no. <laughs> yeah, well, I think most people don't like it. And I had an interesting interview with uh, Bob Burke um, from the Go-Giver. And um, he also said that he doesn't like rejection. And I, I haven't met any person that loves rejection, but some people are forced to deal with it in their day-to-day -day life because they do make offers. So you are saying the way around it would be showing up on YouTube, like having a YouTube channel or doing Facebook Lives or using Instagram. So where people actually can experience your way to offer solutions and your way to put value in the world. So when they have a need, they come to you as a go-to person. Yeah, you position yourself as the definitive expert in your space. And everybody wants to do business with the definitive expert. Yeah, definitely. Like I never call myself a professional speaker or a public speaker. If you look on my website or whatever, I'm an author, right? I, I, an author and an entrepreneur. And I put out this kind and I am one of the highest paid uh, non-celebrity speakers you'll ever find. Now I get it, you know, somebody who used to be president or somebody who's a, a movie star or whatever, they're going to get a hundred grand a speech, but they're a celebrity. They're not getting that based on their expertise. But in terms of people who are paid on their expertise, people who are not celebrities, I'm as high paid as about anybody you're going to find. Um, why? Because I have positioned myself as an expert with my body of work, with my experience, with my results. So they're bringing me in to um, 
get my expertise. And it's never a sales situation for me. It's like literally before I got on the, the, the Zoom meeting with you, I was an email from a speaker's bureau. Hey, do you have these dates in March open, right? Because, and they're not having to sell me to their client. Their client has called them up and said, hey, do you represent Randy Gage? Yes. Okay, is he available on these dates? We're having a big convention and we'd like to bring him in as the keynote speaker, right? So that's, yeah. I've positioned myself that way. And I think that's important. You, if, you know, I, people show me their business card and it says author, speaker, coach, international seminar leader. And I always say, you know, does Bono need a, a business card that says rock star? Does <laughs> Stephen King need a business card that says writer or author? No, he's Stephen King. So people ask me for a business card. I'm like, ah, sorry, I haven't used one of those for 10 years. But you can find me anywhere on the internet, right? That's, I'm never going to use a business card again. I haven't for at least a decade. It might be 15 years I haven't had a business card. Because again, I, I'm going to put out work. I'm going to put out a body of work that's going to establish me for what I do. And same way, like for these events, um, what do you think happens when the budget is tight for an event? They say, hey, we need to cut some of these speakers or we need to see if these speakers will work for free. And we'll tell them they're going to get great exposure if they do the speech for free. Meanwhile, they're paying me $45,000 to do a keynote if it's a you know domestic one. And they're haggling with some speaker who gets $2,500 a speech. Why? But they never cut me. Why do they never cut me? Because they built the program around me. I have a lot of like annual events and meeting planners that that's the first thing they do is check the date with me. They're saying, okay, we're planning the one for 2021. We need to know, are you available February 21st? Because that's the date we're thinking about setting. And if I'm not available, they're going to move the date and find one that's available because they're going to build that program around me as the opening keynote speaker or the closing keynote speaker. And those same events, sometimes they're haggling with people who get two grand a speech or three grand a speech who are doing the breakout sessions because they're trying to, you know, come, you know, reduce their budget. Well, like I just did an event in Austria. Uh, I guarantee you their budget for that event was $5 million for just over a thousand people. They spent more than $5 million on that event. So what, you know, and I made $125,000 because I did a, a, it's an overseas one. I charged more and I did a keynote and then I did a, a leadership training for their top people. So it was 125,000 for me. You said, that's a lot of money. No, their budget was $5 million. So what's my crappy little 125 k means nothing for that, right? Yeah. The, the, but there's people who are saying, well, should I tell them I'm 2500 or should I say I'm 3000 What if they turn down the 3000 No, I mean, the, what you do when you position yourself at those levels of you're this, because there's a lot of speakers who do that. I actually do an event just for professional speakers and auth coaches and authors and things. 
Uh, and somebody listening is interested, they should go to tribalevent.com and check that out. It's an event I do once a year, like three, four days, 15 hours, 18 hours a day, intensive, right? And this is the stuff I'm trying to show them is how do you position yourself as that definitive expert? Because if not, what it comes down to is they're looking at the budget for their event. They're going to bring in their 10,000 top salespeople from around the world and they're going to bring them all to Hawaii. They're going to spend millions of dollars on this event. And then you have speakers who are negotiating between $3,000 and $5,000, right? And when really, what it is, is you're competing with the tote bags. Mm. You're competing with the cash box. Because that's what they're saying. They're saying, well, you know what? We could put tote bags for everybody when they register, but we'll have to eliminate those two cheap speakers. And you know what? If it comes down to that, the tote bags are always going to win. Yep. The sponsored cash bar is always going to win. The free swag sweatshirt that's going to be on the pillow when they check in is always going to win if you're just a commodity. But if you're a definitive expert, they're going to build the event around you and someone else is going to have to pay for those tote bags, not you. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely the right approach. So when people listen to this right now and they think, well, yeah, but Randy is so far ahead in that game. I mean, he did years and years of positioning, of showing up, um, of sharing his work, of writing all the books, um, of, speaking over, of speaking to over 2 million people. And I'm listening and, you know, I have this tiny business. I started maybe a year ago or maybe it's a little bit bigger, the business, five years ago. And I still don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Um, what's the best advice or what was, yeah, let's one question at a time. <laughs> okay. So the best advice is stop trying to sell yourself. Start creating value. Start giving away your knowledge and your expertise as frequently and generously as you can. And some of you, that's going to mean writing articles on LinkedIn because you've got a corporate audience and that's where they live. Some of you, it's going to be streaming on Facebook or streaming on Instagram. It's going to be creating a YouTube channel. Uh, for me, I'm more, my big thing is my blog because I'm a writer. I, you know, I have a YouTube channel. I do the other stuff, but that's not my essence. In my essence, I want to be locked in my lonely writer's garret hunched over my laptop writing my next book you know there's a difference you could be a speaker who writes or you could be a writer who speaks i'm a writer who speaks in other words i don't set out to be a speaker i set out to be a writer and then because they like my books they say hey we want to bring in the guy who wrote the book the book right yeah. um so that you got to think what what are you are you a more of a speaker? Are you more of a writer? Are you more of a coach? Are you more of a consultant? Are you more of a salesperson? Okay, what, what is it that you really do that is your essence? And then how can you take this expertise that you have and share it in, the, in with the world in a way that they're going to want to come and hire you? 
And people say, well, but if you give away all that stuff for free and you tell everybody what you're doing, nobody's going to hire you. And it's just the opposite. Hmm. It's just the opposite, right? You just follow rock and roll. You know, how did that model go? What you did is you went on a tour to sell albums and you went out and you did these concerts and, the, and then it changed because people didn't want to buy albums anymore. They just want to download the music on the internet and then they want to download the music for free. And then all of a sudden bands realize, well, you know, what we need to do is we need to have a video and we need it to be on MTV. And if you look at um, Madonna and all of the people of that era, Prince and all of them, they really understood MTV and they made sure their videos hit power rotation on MTV. And then it changed and it became the internet. And now it's, you know, Spotify and these kind of things. So now you got somebody like Drake had like 8 billion downloads in 2018 so far. I mean, he's understood. Hey, and then you go on tour and you make your money on the t-shirts and the swag and the lanyards and, you know, all of the, that stuff. And you're giving away the music for free half the time. Because we know, I mean, yes, there are people who are paying to download on Spotify or, you know, one of the Apple Music or whatever. But a lot of them are just watching the videos for free. I mean, one of the things I do is I listen to the uh, YouTube Top 15 on Sirius XM every mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, Sirius XM is just here in the U.S. It's a satellite radio, national satellite radio and you pay a subscription and then it's no commercials. So that's what I love about America is I got satellite radio so I don't have to pay for commercials. So there's a, a, a lady named Jenna Marbles who's an amazing YouTube personality, built a huge channel. And so she hosts this show every week the YouTube top 15. And so I like to go to Key West to work on my books. So I'm driving to Key West one Saturday and I'm listening to her top 15 and she's saying, and the trending, you know, trending video this week is from Justin Bieber. And I forget whatever song it was. It had 500 million views since it had been released on that Saturday. So I'm driving down and Justin Bieber is trending with 500 million views. Hmm. Seven days later, I'm going the other way, coming back from Key West on Saturday and I'm listening to the YouTube top 15 with Jenna Marbles. And she's saying, still trending, Justin Bieber, he now had 1 billion views. So he got 500 million views in seven days on one video. And you can bet there were probably... 5,000 knockoff versions of that video that probably got hundreds of millions of other views, but just the yeah, official yeah. one, a billion views. And, you know, last time I looked, it was like 8 billion views or something like that. So, I mean, that's the world today, right? So he doesn't, you know, he knows just getting that in his case, it's not expertise, it's entertainment, right? But it's the same for our salespeople or our marketers or our entrepreneurs who are listening to this. It's getting your expertise out there or people. So when they're in the market for that, you are the company or the person that they think of.
that can solve their problems and add value. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So give your stuff away for free and the right people will come to you when they have the need. And just yes. do lots and lots and lots of it. Don't do it just once a week. Be consistent. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so very much for this interview. I really enjoyed our time together. And um, yeah, all the best. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace. Yeah, and tune into randygage.com. As I said, everything will be in the show notes, so it's easy for you to find him and to follow his amazing stuff. Well, gorgeous, I have to admit that after listening to Randy, after asking him all these questions and getting this amazing advice, I do have some homework to do, and I'm really looking forward to do so and to shift even more into a prosperity mindset into more abundance and uh, just enjoying life more. There's always a next level. So I hope you really enjoyed this interview. If you haven't checked out the episode before, it's episode number 12, where we talked about killing beliefs. And um, yeah, hop on over to christineschlansky.com for the full show notes, for the transcript, and as well for the resources. You find all of Randy's links to his homepage, to the amazing books he has written, to his Prosperity TV, so that you have it easy with just one click to follow him and to check out more of his amazing stuff. So that's christineschlonsky.com. Schlonsky is S-C-H-L-O-N-S-K-I. And hop on over for the show notes and transcript and basically the podcast page. Please share the podcast with your friends, your family, your business partners. Make sure you subscribe yourself and tune in for the next episode. Have an amazing day and bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.